I believe the great resignation is an uprising against bad bosses and tone deaf companies. So what does a job seeker do? Churn is a term you need to be thinking of. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. We put out the call. We said, hey, everybody out there, subscriber to this podcast, who listens to us, who is engaged with our content, we want your questions. We want you to record yourself asking your question so that we can feature you on the podcast where we hear from you and on our YouTube channel where we will actually see you. Guess what? It happened. Matt Leviton, thank you so much. This is your moment. Hey, Brian. Hope you're doing well. I uh, heard your most recent uh, podcast episode and you are encouraging people um, to send you video recordings with questions. Uh, so here's mine. With the great resignation or great reprioritization in the job market during the pandemic and post-pandemic now, many people are finding, you know, what they really want to do um, later on in life after, after college and going back to school or changing industries. So I did want to know how you would suggest or advise um, people who are in a specific market, settled in a specific market, to find a job op- opportunity in that market. Uh, you mentioned in one of the podcasts, you know, if there's an organization you, you do want to work for, you don't apply for every single job because then they'll flag you. But you obviously want to apply for jobs that that you're qualified for. So how do you balance that out with only having, in some cases, one sports company in the area? I would love to hear your thoughts. And uh, thanks for giving me the, the time to ask a question. Matt, that's a really good question. If some of you are out there watching and thinking, whoa, that's cool that he got to be on the show or, oh, wow, I just heard Matt. That's really cool. You can also be a part of this. Email your videos to me at bclap at workinsports.com or you can DM us. Send it to at workinsports. DM us. Give us a file. We'll work with it. We'll run with it. Go to our LinkedIn page or channel and connect with me and send it to me. Get it to me some way. Be creative. Get it to us. And we will put you on a show as long as your question is good. And Matt's was. Let's dive into it. This is crazy because... Matt's concept of how, as a job seeker, do I leverage the, the great resignation? I started thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, too, because this great resignation thing is real, and we've been talking about it a lot. But if you go and you start to do any research, because I have my thoughts, I have my ideas, I have my hypotheses, but sometimes you go out and you try to see what else is out there. You just try to see if anything sparks something inside of you. So like so many of you, I go to the Google machine. And I type in, you know, leveraging the great resignation or how job seekers can leverage the great resignation or, you know, taking advantage of the great resignation, whatever it is, some search terms. And all that comes back is a lot of advice for employers to take advantage of it. Oh, you know, here's your chance to reset your culture or um, here's your chance to learn what works and what doesn't do great exit interviews and to make these changes and offer those who are staying new benefits. And it's like, okay, that's great. Employers aren't the ones that are struggling here. There's a reason people are leaving their jobs. There's a reason that 28% of respondents to a Limeade research study, which Limeade is a legit company. I didn't just make that up. It's actually, they're pretty cool. I was poking around their site today. Nonetheless, 28% of respondents to one of their surveys said that they, they left their company. They resigned from their job without another job lined up. So that means the Job, per- the, the worker, the employee is the one that's saying, I am willing to get out of here. I'm the one that's burnt out. I'm the one that's upset. So we need to help them. And we also need to help 
more than we need to help the employers. The employers will be fine. We also need to help those who have been looking throughout this process, those recent college graduates who never got that first job, somebody like Matt, who is like, and I don't know his exact situation, but maybe he's been looking throughout this time and he didn't leave another job, but he's saying like, okay, is there something I can take advantage of here? Is there something I can do? So again, maybe getting a little dramatic here, but I really do think employers have an opportunity to figure out how to fix what is has led to this and they should self-analyze. But I'm a little upset there isn't more conversation about out there about what job seekers should want and demand and how they can leverage these opportunities as well. I believe the great resignation is an uprising against bad bosses and tone-deaf companies. I really strongly believe that. I've gone on rants about this in the, in the past. People are leaving their jobs because their boss is terrible and it's leading to things like burnout or it's leading to things like feeling like you're not included. And I also think there are a lot of tone-deaf companies out there that aren't paying attention to mental health and aren't paying attention to what's needed for their staff and to make them the best they can be. So that's an employer problem. Let's put that aside, okay? If we were going from the statistical analysis of the Limeade research study, which I found very interesting, again, I've mentioned their name many times now, um, their actual statistical analysis, those who are quitting their jobs as part of the great resignation, number one, it's because of burnout. 40% of people saying it's because of burnout. Number two is companies going through organizational changes. So they left for that reason, 34%. Number three, there were three that tied for that. 20% of people said a lack of flexibility. 20%, not 20% of people, but chose this as like they can choose more than one thing. So 20% lack of flexibility, 20% instances of discrimination, 20% contributions and ideas were not being valued. Three-way tie. Number four, insufficient benefits. Number five, well-being was not supported by the company. You ask me, that all boils down to terrible bosses. Every one of those. Burnout is because bosses don't understand the needs of their employees and how to give it properly give out assignments and delegate and to set them up for success. Um, lack of flexibility, that's not having vision. Insistent discrimination, that's a bad boss. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, contributions and ideas not being valued. Now you don't have an open like uh, open workforce that, that cherishes ideas and understands that idea, good ideas come from anywhere. Insufficient benefits, that's like an organizational setup. Well-being not supported by the company. Again, that's people not paying attention. So, I mean, let's be real. You left because most likely your boss sucked, right? Can we just be honest about that? So what does a job seeker do? Maybe you've been looking for a while. Maybe you just left your job. Doesn't matter. Either way, the opportunity is out there. I talked about this before, and I, um, I think it needs mentioning first. Churn is a term you need to be thinking of. In the sports industry, people get into these jobs and a lot of times never leave. And that's why we often talk about having to move on in order to move up. What does that mean? It means if I'm working at a company, my position to grow may be blocked by somebody that's been there for 20 years. And if that's the case, well, I have to move somewhere else in order to go up the chain and get a new position because my position's blocked. With this great resignation, what we're seeing is this high churn rate. People are leaving. They're going to other jobs. They're leaving sections of the sports industry and going into other sections where people are leaving the sports industry and coming, others are coming into it from other uh, organizations or other sectors. What does this mean? It means there's turnover, there's churn, things are happening. Whereas there used to be stagnation and nobody could advance, now there's churn, there's opportunity that arises from that. So I think it's important first off to realize that no matter where you are as a job seeker, there's more opportunities out there. And it's not that just like, oh, we're back to hiring again. It's that people are leaving and it's opening opportunity as well. So you're combining those forces of, yes, we're hiring as an industry a lot again, our job totals are really high, but also people are leaving. So it's opening up more opportunities. So 
This is a really good time. Um, so let's. I wanted to make sure we cover that first. But Matt, listen, you're looking for more specifics. I get that. I get that. When I consider this concept and when I start to think to myself about, okay, what would be the opportunity if I was a job seeker? The first thing I do is put myself in the shoes of the employer. You know, that sounds convoluted, but I always try to look at it from the other person's perspective. So, okay, let's, let's put this in, into perspective for a second. I'm an employer. And I just lost five team members who just like quit. And they told me, no, I don't have another opportunity. I just am, I'm burnt. I'm gone. I'm, I want out of here. I'm just not happy or whatever it may be. How am I feeling? How would I feel if a bunch of them left? I'll, I'll tell you how I would feel. I would feel like, shit, Kevin, bleep that out. Thank you. I would be super self-analytical and I would worry about the job that I was doing as an employer. I'd worry about the culture that I established, the processes that I built, the mental health, the support, the work demands, uh, all of it. I'd worry about it all. And I'd be feeling so vulnerable and ruined. Now, I'm not every employer out there. Some other employers may be like, ah, forget them. They're not dedicated. They don't get it, which is crap. But nonetheless, some will be like that. But when you identify that, when you put yourselves in the shoes of the employer and be like, okay, they, the employer, may be feeling vulnerable right, right now. They may be feeling like, oh, maybe this isn't a great organization to work for. Or maybe we haven't set up a good culture. Or maybe people are leaving and I'm feeling like, uh-oh, this is, this is not right. I'm not feeling good. I would have to be hiring new people to fill these roles. And what would I be looking for as an employer? Again, putting myself in their shoes for a second. I would be wounded and I would be thinking my next hire, I want someone that is loyal and dependable and would stay because I would hate the idea of trying to hire somebody and bring them in and possibly lead to them leaving again shortly thereafter. Now I would fix my own problems. I'd fix my own house, right? I'd, I'd try to work on culture and all those other things that I just mentioned before. But I'd also be thinking if I'm prioritizing what I wanted at my next hire, that might be loyalty. Yes, skill set. Yes, all those things. But I also may look for somebody that's like stable and dependable. So how do you leverage that, Matt? Well, consider providing a story in your cover letter that gives off that vibe that you are dependable, that you are loyal. What is that story? What is that story that you can tell me that says, I am a loyal employee? If you've only worked a couple places and you were at five years at each one, that's a really good thing to emphasize. If you stayed through all these different opportunities, or if you can even give an example of a, a downturn in an industry that you were working in, but you stuck it out and stayed there, these are great messages to get across right now. Because again, the employer may be feeling vulnerable and thinking like, oh my gosh, my next hire, I don't want it to be somebody that's going to bail on me. That's a reality. I know it's not always fun to say it that way and that you're saying, oh, the poor victim of the employer. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, how do we leverage it? We leverage it by saying, okay, what are they looking for? What are they wanting in this moment? They may be looking for somebody that's more loyal and can show that. So show off those kind of soft skills, loyalty, dependability, okay? I would aggressively right now if I were in your shoes and I was looking for another job and I was trying to leverage what's happening and all the churn that's happening out there through the great resignation, I would be aggressively doing outreach on LinkedIn to hiring managers at local organizations in my area that you want to be a part of. And you know what my, my, my outreach would consist of? Flattery. A lot of flattery. Not puffery, not over the top, not crazy, authentic still, but flattery. You would talk about how 
you've always admired that organization, especially if you're in a local area. Because Matt, you you mentioned that like you you have roots down, right? You have a, a wife who's working. You have kids, maybe. You have a house and a mortgage, and it's just, just not as flexible for you to just start moving other places. Well, if you're established there. Talk about that. Talk about how you're established in the community and you have roots here. Talk about how that or, that organization near you has always been important and always been a, a beacon for you or something you've aspired to be a part of. That sort of stuff means a lot right now because, again, the employers are feeling like, I want people who want to be here. So leverage that. That's how you leverage it. How do you sell yourself as somebody that's really interested in being a part of this organization? And that organization has been meaningful to you. And do use a little bit of flattery. You know, mention specific things they've done. Show that you are really knowledgeable about their business and their organization because you are rooted to this community and you've seen the impact of what they do. When you do that kind of thing, that says, okay, this is a person who wants to be here. And that matters to us right now because other people didn't want to be here. Okay, what else would I do? Um, I would put together a good proof of concept document. And what I mean by that is, you right now can leverage your skill set in unique ways as well. So I've talked to a lot of different employers and employees out there. And one idea that always comes back to me is that extra 1%. So Shabazz Khan, many of you probably listened to my interview with him. He's the uh, digital and social content manager for the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx. And he talked about when he was applying for that job, he actually set up a fake or mirror Twitter account to act as if he was already the social media coordinator for the, for the, for the Timberwolves. So he literally acted and game tweeted and did all these kind of things as if he was in that role and then could share that with them as a work product. That's a proof of concept. Okay. Brian Killingsworth with the uh, CMO of the Vegas Golden Knights shared a story of somebody who applied for one of their jobs and did an entire report on esports and the opportunity that Las Vegas had to have an esports team. I know two of the most recent employees that I've hired, both Chad and Kevin, Kevin, yes, I'm touting you again, shared videos during their process to let us know a little bit more about them and their passions and who they are and what they enjoy and do. And that struck a tone of like commitment and interest like real interest in our organization. That sort of stuff matters right now. Think about those soft skills. Think about those things that would matter to an employer at this moment. They're looking for somebody that will come in, be a part of the team and help them establish a new culture, possibly fix those things that have been going poorly and to really establish a new foothold. So Matt, if I were you, I would be doing these things aggressively. I'd be telling those stories of loyalty and dependability. I'd maybe even tweak my resume a little bit if there were certain things that maybe I had an internship for like a month. Maybe I take that out and I only focus on those things that I've been dedicated and in for a little bit longer. You know, just try to be creative in the way that you, you tell your loyalty story. Be aggressive in outreach on LinkedIn. Flatter. Show that you're a part of the community. Show that this sort of thing really matters to you, this whole environment and everything you've accomplished. And then put together a really good proof of concept document because that, again, shows that little extra 1%, a report, a, a video, anything of that kind of nature that you can show how serious you are and how much this matters to you. Those are the things that matter right now in today's environment. Awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Coming up on Wednesday, um, it is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. So what does that mean? It means people with disabilities working. And 
it's being aware of that. And we want to do more than just be aware of it. We want to start to spark some change. So coming up on Wednesday, I have an interview with Ben Collins, who is a 40-year Special Olympics athlete. And for the last 29 years, he's also been working at Special Olympics International. And he shares some of his story of how much it's meant for him to be working. We also have on his boss, Megan Gossamel, who uh, talks about what it's like to have a diverse workforce. And that inclusion includes those who have intellectual and physical disabilities as well. So this is a really moving episode. I hope you tune in for that on Wednesday. It's an important conversation and one that I'm really proud to have. So thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It's important for all of us. And I'll talk to you on Wednesday. 